and welcome to the Non-Pro Show, uh, where we bring internet arguments into a convenient audio form. I am your host, Al, and I'm joined by Frank, and we are also joined in the studio by John Minus. Hello. I don't know why I say hello like that. Yeah, uh, you said it very creepily. <laughs> I said it I said it like my my uh protagonist just arrived. <laughs> <laughs> you said it in a way that as if that was part of who you are. And and but, but who are you, John? I am a uh comedian and podcaster and uh mm-hmm. layabout. Rack-a-tour. A yeah. lay layabout, good. Very good. A man about the town? Yeah. Yep. All right, great. And we're also joined by Jen Yoko. Ohayo, watashi wa Jen chan, yoroshiku onegaishimasu. Hey, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm Jen. I'm a voice actor, a professional voice actor. So, like, I do different voices. It's fun for me, and I get paid for it. This is going to make a very confusing podcast for some people who are going to be like, who am I listening to? Actually, Jen was playing the voice of John Minus earlier in this introduction. <laughs> but uh, we're here to talk to you about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, we were all watching this and it just ended about a week ago. And we all have like a lot of thoughts and feelings about it that we wanted to share with all of you. Because, um, you know, if this isn't a live action internet forum, what is it then? Yeah. Yes, I thought this was... This was the second Marvel TV show I have watched this uh, forced panic. Court. I don't know what I'm saying. Yes, it was great. I loved it. I loved Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It was a lot of fun. And um, uh, I felt just only a little uneven. It was mostly good, but only a little uneven. But I think we're going to talk about why it might have been uneven later in the podcast. Ooh, foreshadowing. I'm kind of in agreement with you, Frank. I feel like it's it's a really great stellar show with a lot of stellar scenes in it, uh, plagued only by a few minor mishaps or oddities that we'll go into later as the as the podcast goes on. But like as far as our first our impressions about the show, we we really enjoy it, or at least you and I do. Yeah, yeah, we're the only ones who count. Man, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what about John, what you, you guys? Think? Yeah, I really really enjoyed it. I mean, I can't. I think I have a problem. I like an addiction to marvel things because whenever i hear the the marvel studios music i get an endorphin rush and when i don't have it i get like really down so i don't think i actually can not like any of their stuff Mm. it may be a neural yeah i think my like my neurons have arranged themselves in a way that anything they put out i will like that does not bode well for you as a reviewer (laughs) No, it was amazing. Everything is amazing. Great all the time. Everything is amazing because I'm high. Yeah, I, I agree that is that music was the first bit of normalcy I had in my life with WandaVision. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's very Dude, sad but true. Your serotonin levels must be high. You got to get that Marvel ASMR up all up in your bones. <laughs> yes, yes. So hear me out on this. Marvel, the Marvel takeover is now our. TGIF Fridays on ABC, <laughs> but this time it's on Disney. And I swear to you, I feel like we're reliving the past again, but through action films instead of sitcom sitcoms. And back in the like late 80s, early 90s, we had, you know, TGIF. We had like Family Matters, Step by Step, was a full house. But now we got WandaVision. We got 
the Falcon. We're getting uh, Shang-Chi coming up. This is our TGIF right now. I'm just saying, guess what? They're, they taught us lessons back in the past. And a lot of them very similar to, to now, except that the tone in the political the, the area is much different now than it was back then. That's all I was going to say. I cannot believe that Perfect Strangers got a snub. No Perfect Strangers love. My bad. <laughs> 80s TV was far more progressive than it is today. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, yeah. it was way more progressive. I think streaming shows maybe have caught up a little bit because there's no holds bar, but yeah, for, for television, definitely. The, f- the second or third episode of... Perfect Strangers, yeah. Balky strangled someone. Yeah. And it was just well, like it was and the first is or se- the second or third episode of um, the first episode of Night Court was about mental illness and suicide. The third episode was about a trans woman. Yo, Night Court, mm. yeah, I love episode, Night Court. Like there was a Golden Girls was a, they had an Golden AIDS Girls. episode. Yep, yeah. yep, yeah, they, yeah. No, if you really look, like eighties TV was very progressive, and then it just the nineties were in the middle, and then the two thousands went way the other way. But like when you say those, I I think of those kind of shows as like A Team, Knight Rider. Um, oh yeah, there they, was a lot they, of action shows. Uh, Dukes of Hazard, Riptide, um, Riptide, The Fall Guy. <laughs> don't don't it was it, it was just, and Riptide. <laughs> don't just acknowledge Riptide as if it wasn't just. Some, it was in there. It was about a boat. It, we know what Riptide <laughs> was about, but we only know about it because we did a March Madness about it, and it was stupid. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of action-oriented hour-long shows, and Chuck actually even like went back. I don't know if anybody remembers Chuck. It was actually on for a long time for nobody remember, remember but Chuck. but Chuck resurrected a lot of not resurrected, but Chuck had that air of the '80s action show, and now we're getting it again. A little more feelings. But mm. still, but better production value. Much so, better production value. Yeah, much better production value. So it balances you out. Almost no people jumping over the camera a la A-Team in, yeah. in Falcon and Winter Soldier, which was actually a misstep. It was that a misstep. That helicopter scene, I mean, that's like, that's movie magic. Right that was there. Airwolf. That's, there's so much yeah. going on in that first fight scene. like, And it and it hooks you right away. Yes. Uh, yeah, the production values of the show are phenomenal. But I think the thing that made it stand out the most for me was the character development over six episodes uh, so here's i guess i guess my opening volley i i started out i don't have i like i like the character of sam i like i like falcon um i had no real interest in seeing him move on to be captain america or anything i didn't wasn't opposed to it didn't really care because kind of like this the character of falcon was relatively minor in most of the marvel movies he was you know i would say up with Maria Hill as being there, but not necessarily the focus of any film, right? So they had six episodes to win me over. I didn't even think that's what they were going to do, and they absolutely did. I am so vest. I have such a vested interest in this character, and Bucky's the same thing. Like he's cool, he's fine, but you know he's just like this guy who moves the plot forward. This series makes me love the characters and want to see more from them. So like that is impressive. No, I was I was gonna say, um, and the thing the thing with Sam, like I was very interested in whatever was gonna come next because I didn't know how it was gonna go with him getting the shield. Like there were any number of ways it could have gone, and so I was very interested in seeing how this was gonna go. And I I think in the six episodes it it concluded in a way that made sense, mm. um, for everybody, and 
that's hard to do. I think they could have only done it as a TV show. I think if this yeah. had been a movie, it would have been like too short to really get that vested interest. Anthony Mackie's great. Sebastian Schultz, uh, Stan, is it? Sebastian Schultz, yeah. yeah, is great. I mean, they, they are great and they have great chemistry and you knew that from all like the the like promotional Avengers stuff that came out. But six episodes, you get to see them pull a story together that I never would in a thousand years thought they would have done in in a movie or in television. And I'm I'm psyched to be talking about it. Yeah, it's. I, I what confuses me is that the last movie foreshadowed Sam as being the Falcon. Like I knew he was going to be the Falcon, no question, no hesitation. Because even in the comics, uh, Sam and uh, Falcon and Captain America were just BFFs. Like mm-hmm. even back in the '60s. So this is I, I'm surprised that people are surprised because this is really nothing new. But if you don't read the, I mean, I'm not really reading the comics. I grazed over some of them. Like the, they had a run where, uh, I, I read it briefly, where Captain America became, gave Sam Wilson the shield and then he was evil. So like, and then we had to fix that. Yay. You know, all that stuff. So. Yeah. I don't think the comics like... I think it's kind of like a mistake to gatekeep for the, and I'm not saying that's what any of us are doing. We were saying like, you have to read the comics first to really get these mm-hmm. stories. Cause I don't think you do. These comics are all over the place for decades. Oh, yeah, never yeah, been. Yeah. And no comic, nobody who read the comics was like surprised would have been surprised to see. Um, uh, uh, and I, I think earlier I said, Sebastian Shaw instead of Sebastian Stan. As who if is the from Marvel. The Club, yes. Right? The Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> Is he yeah, the, no, is he, he was. A, he's King? a great guy. He's a great guy. I think he's <laughs> awesome. Uh, Kevin Bacon, you know. Uh, but anyways, I lost track. of Kevin Bacon played him in the movie. Uh, I lost track of what I was saying. But yeah, no one was, I think, surprised by it. But like, you could definitely do something that's telegraphed or projected or like known to happen in a movie. Let's say, uh, you know, controversial, the death of Gwen Stacy in a Spider-Man movie, which is, was one of these Spider-Man movies. Happened. I'm sorry, but that made me laugh. I don't mean to be mean. No, literally it was sort of like, okay, good. I'm sh- glad we got that scene out because we all knew it was coming. Like why? Like that didn't matter and everything. This could have also been a nothing here. We pass a shield to you and next movie he shows up in a Falcon red, white, and blue suit. And people are just like, I don't know. I don't care. But they ain't, they like took it on. They said, no, we're going to make this a story about race in America and about how it's like a, it's a very thinly veiled cover. But like the fact that the media or the, the populace, the people would never accept a black Captain America. That's both in universe and out universe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And that's so good, such a good. I've talked too much, but I, and, I'm so impressed. And Sam had to. In like speaking of the comics, I didn't read. A, I didn't get to read a lot of them, but yeah, he had to do that in the comics too. Like people are like, "You're not my Captain America." Even like the bad guys. <laughs> were oh like, my god! If you damned the, if you do. <laughs> where's the other guy? It's like really. Like, not that I care about your opinion, but still. Yeah. Yeah. But they did a great job with bringing in, like, the Isaiah Bradley story arc. Yeah, uh, they're they're weaving in truth. The uh, truth storyline in it was very good. Mm -hmm. Very, very good. And and also the idea that just because he was the old guy didn't mean his opinion was right. It's It's true. They've been doing that a lot. 
I mean, not not, the, not that they've been doing it a lot, but it's kind of a thing in Marvel movies, if you look at it, that the way things are weren't the way they should have been. That was a big that was a big part of Black Panther. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. And um, e- and even like with with getting rid of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, and re- renewing S.H.I.E.L.D., there's the idea that. You know, Isaiah was was very bitter, and he's like, no, he's like, no respectful, self-respecting black man should ever be Captain America. And then Sam's sister was like, eh, he's old and bitter. <laughs> he was like, and they never even said it. They more, they showed it. They didn't say it. How being Captain America was important to the next generation. Yeah, yep. they didn't. They didn't say it. Like they just showed, like he was looking at his nephews and looking how impressed they were with him. He was like, I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for these guys. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't say it, it just happened, was better storytelling than most. I'll explain for white people. Uh, remember in the original Rocky movie? Where Rocky <laughs> oh, my leaves, God, yes. And he follows uh, his trainer out, and they don't say it's a silent scene, and he kind of apologizes and gets him to be his trainer again because he's an old guy, and maybe he was a little rough with him. That's what that was. You know, it doesn't have to be in explicit in the dialogue. Is everybody on board? Everybody now? got it. So okay. all right, good. I think we're good. But, but I will and, say, like, it, 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 his opinion's still valued because, like, it does mess Sam up a bit. Like, he has to think on it. He has to go through a yeah. process. He goes and he sees his family, and which is also great, really, because it gives the, uh, such a vehicle for someone that Sam can bounce off of, and it sets up for the kids scene later on. We were talking about. And it just a lot of really great, like, like sh- not shortcuts of storytelling, but like organic storytelling that mm-hmm. sort of all really work together around that character and like they if their job is to sell you as cap sell sam as captain america then th- that mission statement succeeds to jump on uh back to isaiah real quick his opinion is is really what black people think some black people think the um, there have been stories and and uh, interviews and I, I i used to listen to npr a lot where certain towns were just so segregated down south that they had like historical events happen and they would keep the stories to themselves because a they'd get ignored or their stories would be taken away so seeing um isaiah live through that and me hearing stories of other black people like in the areas that i live down here and hearing it on the radio i was like yo this is this is too real it's kind of resonating a little too hard (laughs) and i'm like Mind you, that hasn't happened to me, but people need to know out there that people like Isaiah exist to an extent that you don't understand. Well, yeah, I mean, I and a lot of other black people are like, we weren't, we didn't come here for this, and now I, we have all these feelings. Like, it just <laughs> got way too real. Like, that first time he went to his house was mm-hmm. way too real, and we were like, we didn't, what, what, out, what? It was yeah. This just like WandaVision got into way more into people's heads than they expected. You know, mm. at some point, like people with grief and loss and stuff. Yeah, and, I don't think anyone went in there thinking like I, I'm dealing with grief. I'm dealing with loss. I uh, I know that Wanda lost her robot husband. I hope they deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody walked in expecting that, and yet there we are. I don't think anybody. I don't think I expected to feel it so personally. Yeah, in WandaVision, and then in this again, it was like you you see you're watching a show, but it's kind of like your intake. Your you're experiencing something, but you didn't expect it to go past it being an experience to something you like actually identify with and like makes you feel from a place of 
um, a place of like true, true thought and and depth in yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those those episodes were, were, but then like like when it's over, you're like, wow, I really, you know, that was really cool that that happened. And I think the same thing happened with a lot of veterans with um, with Bucky and with John Walker. But one of the things with Bucky in the first episode, um, he's sleeping on a floor. And I have a bad memory, but people with memory remember he had he had a conversation with was it Steve? He had a conversation with somebody in a previous movie about how he sleeps on a floor because it's more it's because he's so used to being a slab, yeah. Yeah, sleeping on rocks that he can't sleep on a comfortable bed anymore. And that's the cool thing about Marvel. Like, little thing, they don't forget little things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Everything, every aspect of the story, how they weaved back in, is impressive to me, including the, the Isaiah Bradley and the truth story. If you had told me uh, that, oh, there's going to be a TV show, and it's going to be kind of like a, a version of the, 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 the Kyle Baker comic, which I think, John, you gave me at one point years ago. Yeah. Uh, truth. And I'd be like, I don't know if that's uh, that would work. Luckily, I don't uh, I don't produce shows for Marvel because they they definitely seamlessly would, worked at it. I would wonder what you would do. It, my show for Marvel? Well, we could do that as a Patreon only exclusive. It won't be <laughs> it won't be fun uh, for anyone involved. Sounds uh, yeah. Yes, uh, I but say, yeah, I really like this one of the opening scenes with Bucky with the with his therapist, and there's that scene where he's kind of just pitching, like, oh, I just want to be at peace. I want to be left alone. She's like, oh, it's BS. Like you you want to do something? I don't don't tell me that like this is like oh I just want to be left alone. I don't want anything else to happen. It's like I've been there. I know you want to go and do something. It's okay. Find something to do with your life. It's okay. Mm. I felt so bad for that therapist. I was like, oh no! The episode with both of them in the room with the ther- with the the therapist, I was like, oh my god, I would quit. <laughs> I would quit. Like these two are ridiculous. They're too charming. I would. I. That's my. <laughs> that's why I originally wanted to be a therapist, and then I realized, oh, that's not real. <laughs> and some some people thought that she was too um, harsh, but I think that was. They were. I think they were thinking of like I wouldn't respond to that. Like they're, those two, Bucky and Sam, are not going to respond to a like huggy, feely, touchy therapist. They yeah. they're going to be. They're both military men. They're going to respond to somebody yelling at them and like confronting them. Those two need a confrontation. They don't need like humanistic kind of, you know, unconditional positive regard. They need confrontation. So she was the perfect therapist. For it them. is a TV show, like mm-hmm. with a grain of salt. Like obviously, like maybe there are actions she would take in the TV show that are not like what a real, actual, like licensed therapist would act like or a psychologist. Like there, it's it's a TV show, so there's some yeah. caveat to some of that. I, like I think that's true, but I also that. like I know that John uh, works in mental health, and he's a terrible, terrible psychologist and <laughs> therapist. He's just a monster who. Uh, has uh, basically tried to recreate his favorite episodes of Golden Girls in, in I don't know what I'm saying. That court, but but yeah, no confrontation is an accepted therapeutic tool, mm. you know, and and the, and that's what she was doing with Bucky because, but especially when people aren't being honest with themselves or the therapist, you have to you have to go towards those um, areas where there's friction and resistance and open them up. So she was going towards the resistance, and his resistance was that saying I'm fine when like it was obvious he wasn't fine 
It was also really interesting how she had him have a book of making amends because that's a 12-step kind of thing. In 12-step programs, they ha- they have a list of like making, they, they even call it the same, making amends to people you've hurt or wronged when you were, um, when you weren't sober. And it wasn't like a sober thing with Bucky. It was, it was that. pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, was he not, wasn't in control. Yeah. And he may have been responsible for not being in control, which I think is very arguable. But let whatever. Let's say that's the guilt he has is that he yeah. thinks he's responsible for not being in control. So that's why he's making amends to things where he wasn't sober. It's it's very it's very clever. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know him having like he had his own form of PTSD just from giving so many other people PTSD. <laughs> oh my god, stop! It's funny because it's terribly true. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I have hurt so many people, and mm. um, yeah, it's it's a his head is a messed up place, mm. and that explains why uh, he has you know fallen and is deeply in love with black women, which makes total sense. I'm not going to address that one, but I do want to go back a little bit. Uh, feel free to write letters. We'll, we'll give we'll give we'll give social media. Uh, I have handles. All right. Uh, I don't. I don't want to. Does anybody else want to handle that before we transition off? Oh, now? Yeah, I, I'm worse because I was all like, "Yes, I'm going to ship Bucky and Sam together in the <laughs> therapist room and write dirty fan fiction of how they have angry Nookie later so on." So you're 80% of the internet. I mean, if you go on fanfiction.net, archive of our own, and you want to have that therapy the right way, I mean... The right way. I try not to go to AO3. I will say, I I really want to talk about uh, that performance in uh, in Wakanda with, uh, with Sebastian, where he's like, he really gives like his all. And when uh, uh, Ao is saying the words that are supposed to uh, set off the Winter Soldier, and just oh, that, yeah. like that fear and relief in that scene is just really, really captivating. Um, it's it's really good, stellar work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he broke down in tears. But that's what I'm talking about. Like he he's Bucky's whole arc has has been him going to black women to heal him. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, okay. I got you now. I see where you guys are going. You know what? I'm gonna take that back. I agree with you. You know, just the worst part is it's hey, like fan fiction writers. Just think about it. Just, just you wanna just... fan fiction writers do not like heterosexual couples. Mm. It's that true. Is, that is true. Three has taught me. Okay. I don't. I don't feel comfortable addressing any of this. There's very little <laughs> that I can. So let's move on to Zemo, someone who is of my persuasion evil. No, wait, that's not that's not a good segue. No, wait, there's all right, let me just finish yeah. that point. I saw a meme about Bucky that was great. It's it said that uh Bucky's the only white man that's been invited to the cookout on two separate countries. <laughs> Yo, it's true. It's true. <laughs> in Wakanda and in no. New Orleans. He's the mm. only white guy there. So he's he's doing something right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, seen yeah. oppression. I mean that's he's 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 been there. He's really good looking, that helps. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's fair. He is very good looking. He liked the so booty. He another, did another really good looking guy. <laughs> is, that a tra- is that a transition back to Zemo? Yeah, I would uh, agree. No, actually, I just want to because I think we've slipped into characterization and uh, that which is great. But um, uh, but we talked a lot about Bucky, but I don't want Sam to just be swallowed up on the story that was told with him. Anthony Mackie delivered on this uh, character. 
throughout the series. Like, super, like, same level of, uh, I'm going to say Steve Rogers, Chris Evans' delivery of this is a human being who is perfect and beautiful and wonderful that you actually root for, which is really hard to do. I think yeah. it's really difficult to pull a person who's just like, I am the epitome of goodness, and you like me. That's really difficult to play off, and he does it because he's like he delivers an incredibly human performance throughout. As and he's not boring. About, yes, and he's fun to watch, and he's funny, and he's got great chemistry with almost every character he interacts with. It's all perfect, like his sister with with Bucky, everyone. Uh, and it's really, really good. And the thing, somebody once joked when the first episode aired and said, I didn't realize this uh, Marvel was doing like heartwarming tales about a fishing boat <laughs> going up yeah, for auction. That's really like, the, the whole story. And I'm like, yes. And it was really well done. I liked it. I enjoyed it. So maybe a little praise for Sam before we move on. Well, yeah, because yeah. The, 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 it's, it's, a, a, it's a very singular role in the, in American history, because when you, play Captain America now, you don't play Captain America. You have to be Captain America, or else people won't buy it. Yeah. Like, if Chris Evans was a bastard, they wouldn't buy Chris Evans as Captain America. No one would no, give 100%. a damn. Yeah. No one would give a damn. You have, you, I saw this one thing like he did with, I think it was like Vanity Fair, I can't remember exactly, but Anthony Mackie was talking about, like, oh man, it was, it was really another great thing about like that Captain America outside the, the role moment of when his son saw him get the shield in Endgame and it didn't hit his son until a week later. Like, oh my God, my dad's Captain America. Like, oh, I'm so proud of you, dad. And like, they're both crying on the phone. It's just, it's so sweet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's like, you can't, you can't say another role like that. That has such importance, like culturally. Can you tell that geeks are doing this podcast? <laughs> no other role. No actor could find a role as important as Captain America. <laughs> no, but, no, but like, the, Olivier the wanted to play Captain America, but he died too early. The, the franchise <laughs> wouldn't work if you didn't believe the actor. That's no, what I'm absolutely. saying. Yeah, you're right. Maybe not important to culture, but like to the success of the movie. I agree. That's fair. Any other praise for Sam before I abruptly push us back into Zemo? Yo, Sam and I, we shall play basketball. That's all I gotta say. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the real main character who doesn't even get title billing, Baron Zemo. You're always that guy. Uh, I'm actually not that guy. I'm never that guy. But I do think as it like. As a character delivery, in terms of villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, this this version of Zemo is spectacular. I know it's controversial. Some comic book purists didn't like that he wasn't wearing a costume in the first one, or whatever. He kind of was. I guess, whatever. Yeah, I, don't, it, I, it's, I could not care less. I mean, I, you're, you're free to have your own opinions. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. But, like, I absolutely loved this portrayal. I love how complex this character is. Um, if you know what I mean, like he's, I'm not saying that Zemo was right. I'm not going to be one of those guys. No, no, no. <laughs> right. But yeah. like, you can understand where he's coming from and he's not 100% wrong. Uh, I think Zemo and um, Killmonger. Killmonger and a few other characters, we'll just say Zemo and Killmonger. Um, yeah. Thanos doesn't count. Cause Zemo, Killmonger, they, you look at the, their motivations and you know, the, if you look at it, that meme where a brain keeps getting bigger, yeah. like the, the, the weak aspect is these are villains. The bigger brain is like, Oh, they're right. And the biggest brains are like, 
the the women in the movies are are the actual right yeah. right ones like uh what's her name from Black Panther had the same mission statement as Killmonger but it wasn't let's subjugate the world yeah and like no she's or murder yeah. everyone right and the same thing with Zemo uh Sam is right in this story he he understands what Zemo's saying he doesn't want super soldiers everywhere he doesn't want an arms race he doesn't want a you know terrorists to go on mountain but he doesn't also want to call them terrorists he's he is the voice of reason, but Zemo just makes it sound so good. And him stomping on the super soldier serum instead of trying to take one, mwah, chef's kiss. Love the portrayal. Absolutely perfect, in my opinion. He's nothing if not laser focused on what he wants to do. Like he's he's yeah. very clear and doesn't really change too much as the as the show goes on. Like he definitely has uh, moments of growth to an extent. Like when S- Sam rattles him a couple times. But, like, there's just that line, and it sticks with me, of that, like, you can't seek being superhuman without having supremacist ideals, or, like, at least on a subconscious level. And that's, like, so, like, oh, my God. Like, when you think about it, like, he's not totally wrong there. Like, there's there's something about that desire to be better than everyone else that, like, yeah, to an extent, it's, it's about being able to, like, you know, subject the world to your whim, even if it's not, like... I don't want to take over the world, but I at least want to do what I want to do. And that might mean yeah. moving, yeah. The, subjecting the world to your win. Are you talking about um, the theory of uh, uh, corrupt power corrupts absolute or absolute uh, power yeah, corrupts yeah. absolute? Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, it even, makes sense. And even, yeah. But even he, and when they say like, well, there's Steve and, and Zemo's like, well, and how many have there been after him? Yeah. It's just like he. I, I do like that he even he he didn't like argue that Steve wasn't good, and I yeah. I, I like that because you can't. I, I appreciate two things that they did on this uh, that I think was pretty well, and there's a little bit of fan service here. I like that they don't try to recontextualize Steve as a villain. You know, um, uh, Bucky didn't Me tell too. him about Isaiah, but Bucky just never told him because he didn't want him to have to deal with that. Uh, even Zemo doesn't say, oh, no, he's an American idea, uh, 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 colonialist, whatever. Uh, and I also like the fact that they, when they use the Isaiah Bradley story in the Truth comic, he was, they, they experimented on him and other black people and then eventually used that serum, that serum on Steve. And in this one, they kind of, they, they blurred it. It seems as if they were just trying to recreate the serum and use it after Steve has already been on ice, which I think is a little bit more palatable for like the audience. Like if you were told, told the audience like, Hey, you were wrong. That first Captain America movie is not what you thought it was. There was actually a, a zero movie before that. I like how they're kind of honoring both sides of the tradition. They Marvel just is a masterclass of making all fans at least somewhat happy. Um, and Daniel Brühl, is just was amazing as Zemo that that scene and there was only one of him with the mask right that's a perfect example of make all the fans somewhat happy most people didn't give a damn about the purple mask if they even knew who Baron Zemo was or the word Baron right he had royalty to him they don't give a damn about it people from who saw him in uh in Civil War, they don't give a damn and only know him from Civil War. But the fans from the comics from way back in the day, they want to see the purple mask and they want to know why is he, why isn't he a Baron? And they gave us it, and it didn't feel like shoehorned in. I Absolutely think he wonderful. Did say he was a Baron in, in, in Civil yeah, War, but you were just like, okay, Baron. But then, and then later he's like, I said I was a Baron. Yeah, pay attention, and guys. And it came in at the end when his, <laughs> when his Jeeves showed up to yeah. shoot a bunch of people. I can't even. 
And Amazing. also, like, about his... Alright, the clothes are another... You can do a whole another episode. I don't know if I said David Brule or Daniel Brule. I'm bad at names today. It's, it's okay. It's definitely Sebastian Shaw, though. The, the, no, the, Stan. No, no, Sebastian no, Shaw. Stan. He's a member of the Hellfire Club. <laughs> Dang it. That's also we need to talk about X Men at some point. Don't you um, edit oh, any of this yeah. <laughs> But um, give me but some X Men. Yeah, yeah, no, we're talking about like the clothes. Everybody's clothes were amazing, but he actually, because um, I looked at pictures of of Zemo in the comics, and he actually does. They do adapt his look. Yeah, like even a little fur collar with the black yeah. spots. The fur collar, yes. I, I really like, like that. I like. I wish they had given anything for the mask, though, because he wears it in that one scene, and they don't give a lot of context as to why he's doing it. So it felt a little yeah. awkward. I liked that he did it. It just felt a little awkward. Like there yeah, wasn't he found like, it in his old stuff, and he's like, "Hey, this. yeah, it's it's a little it's a little odd. Like, why is he put it on for that one scene when he's just going to take it off again? And he never puts it on for the rest of the show. It's like." I, I get why they did it, like, but it's also one of those moments of like, why is he putting a mask on? Like, it's it's good. Right. I don't want to lose it, but like, I want more context for it. Well, I mean, we get one, some of it later. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It was funny in the. You're not wrong, but you can't say that was one of the best. Like how woke he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was like only an American would think a well dressed black man was a pimp, and and Sam's like. Every every time he said something like that, Sam was like, "What?" Because yeah. even I was like, "I don't." How do? You, but you're not. I mean, you're not <laughs> wrong. But it, it was a, it was so a very confusing thing to deal so with. Good. But Sam does say that he's like when they're talking about yeah, Marvin Gaye. He's like, I mean, he's right. He's out of line, but he's right. <laughs> That's pretty it messed was, up. It so. was a very because you can't get mad at him for it because it's the correct opinion. But like, should you? <laughs> I love it. Who do what do you who oh, do you God. mean, you people? It was yeah. like that. <laughs> uh, all right. Are there any other characters we want to delve delve into? Because I could do an entire podcast on Zipo, but I don't want yeah, we could, like I actually do want to talk a little bit about our other uh our other villain in the series, or one of them our other villains in the series, which is Carly, um, and the flag mm. smashers. Because I I actually really do enjoy them quite a bit. I actually probably more than I think most people do have seen the show. Uh, I really like their motivations behind stuff. Like it makes sense. Like I know that we're a little tired, even though we haven't had much to do with, but we're, we kind of want to leave the blip behind. Um, yeah. especially cause they called it the blip rather than the snap. I mean, come on guys, stay with on with, with what's trending. Uh, <laughs> well, the but, snap uh, is people leaving. The blip is people coming back. I think it should have been snap backwards, snap backwards. There we go. Um, but three snaps and a Z. I, but I really no, do no. enjoy this this uh, this take on these characters. Like I know what the they're nothing like what well they're similar enough I guess, but like they're not really the same character as from the comic books. Yeah, I but think I they still, had the same the same goal of yeah one world one border is definitely what the, the flag smasher was, and to an extent Captain America both in this and in the comic books definitely agrees to an extent, just not the methods of which the flag smashers try to become one world or end nationalism right. as it were. Um, and go towards globalization. But uh, to an extent, I don't think that's necessarily, that's that's the big plan going forward for these guys. I think they're just like, we're being treated like refugees when we lived here for five years. This was our home yeah. for five years. And we're being deprived of resources uh, to the point where some of us are dying. And it's like, we you can't just sit back and like pretend we're not here or like try to maneuver us or move us out to another location that we don't belong in or that isn't our home. 
And it's like, it makes sense. Like there's, this is the cold hand that like, you know, a lot of times the government uses for situations like this, where it's like, yeah. hey, we're not refugees, we, we live here, but also like, well, we, we can't have you live here right now, even though you live here. So we have to sort of find an answer that like we feel comfortable with and that you can accept, um, even if that acceptance is, you know, under force if necessary. Now, but it's like, it's, you definitely know she has a point and that, not even a point. She has a righteous cause. Like even to the point where a lot of people say like, oh, she blew up that building and there are people in it. And I'm like, I, yeah, that, but I didn't view that as like being, you know, mustache twirly evil. That's um, horrible. That's just, I, I've, oh my God, I was waiting for the time to tell you that I disagree with you, but that's almost reprehensible. There, well, that, people just died in a terrorist attack. There's no, that's not cool. I'm I don't not, like that at all. Cool, but I'm saying that the show doesn't stop framing her um, as sympathetic after that. It's not like she crossed the line and there was no coming back, and she was the bad I, guy now. I disagree she, with you on on that, but I'll let Jen talk first. Yeah, I'm sorry. I keep like jumping in. Like first. First of all, she's a very conflicting character. She's young. She's trying, again, look out for her people. I'm not saying I agree with her methods, but also the the oftentimes the good side provides like the weaponry for the enemies to pr to prosper so they have someone to fight and in a way it, it it felt like this fictional version was mirroring stuff that happened in real life yeah. and uh there's there's always refugees in real life trying to find some safe space but um in this version like having somebody who's had nothing or stuff taken away from them i just see their side of the story in a way that's just like yo you're taking it the wrong direction you need to write you need to um talk to your diplomats and the thing is if you don't have i'm, I'm getting like really political here but if you don't have like the right education or the right resources or if people in your area take those resources away people like carly have to take means into her own hands which is you know yo these people aren't gonna listen gotta kill them when she had she didn't have to kill those people you know yeah. she could have taken it on a different approach which was look we have the power i'm not threatening y'all but i'm threatening you know <laughs> something like that yeah she, she, uh, if she were more of a diplomat, there really wouldn't be much of a story. I so, think this, so yeah. I think the conflict here is that, like, I I will say that there is a compelling story about, uh, we'll say, refugees uh, with people with no power who are forced to do horrible things or what the external people would see as horrible things in order to gain power back to survive. I think that's definitely a story that's worth telling. I don't, and this is just my opinion on it. I'm glad it worked for the two of you, but for me, I, this is where the, the series failed. I don't think they did a good job of, of detailing that in a humanized way. I'll tell you right now, as a person who, as a child of refugees, that there were no humanized characters uh, in the Flag Smashers that that got screen time right none none of the people who were just talking about how life was during the blip like i didn't get any firsthand experience of the suffering that these people had to suffer through uh that the, i don't know the motivation of what this global re 
the a GRC, I think it was. I don't know why they're putting people back or they're deciding to mass ex exodus back. And at the end of the show, I don't really know what Sam did to fix anything. He talked on camera and people are like, yeah, that's a good argument. What? No one brought this up beforehand. It felt rushed. And I guess we'll talk about why it felt rushed in a little while. But I do feel like this is like traditional. This is a traditional failure of American television. Mostly, most of all is yeah. to sum up the story of a refugee where the main refugee you follow through this entire thing is unequivocally i'm sorry a terrorist she is killing people i'm not saying that she isn't she couldn't be motivated to for her reasons i'm I, i'm sure she may have but i don't really think they played with it long enough for me to be like oh wow it was really bad it wasn't until the last episode that i even heard that people were going to be forced back across borders into countries that they didn't live in anymore and i think a big part of this is that the blip is such a huge thing, which is why Al mentioned earlier, we don't want to be bogged down in the blip. Uh, maybe that's like a deep cut for non-pro or fan club people. Uh, but my my concern with that is like, I don't want, every time I go to a movie, I want that endorphin run. I want to hear a story. I don't want to think about the world that is dealing with a very weird, fanciful sci-fi uh, refugee crisis. Like that so seems like it would be tedious after a while and because they don't want to play with it too much either i think they don't want to give it like a, a 12 episode series talking about the reality of life in, in the blip all you have is like your imagination to fill in the blanks and that wasn't enough for me to justify murder I, when i see it on screen i'm like i no i don't i didn't care enough about that so real quick you're saying um you wanted to empathize a little bit more in order for it to be written a little better in terms of how the refugees approach the situation i'm not saying like fully justify but at least have a better understanding is that what you're yeah. saying yeah like if okay. they had if i had one of the the people who uh for example the person that uh walker kills who is showing a little bit of hesitation and and um talking about captain america i don't need a, char a character who worships america but you know if one of the people with with Kylie was hesitant about it or even just expressed consistently as a main character, not just as a walk-on, no-name character, the doctor that's in the camp that Bucky talks to, if it's, if it's a part, the closest we got is Sam's sister. Mm -hmm. She's the closest to a person who is suffering partially because of the blip. Yeah. Um, and she's nowhere in the world of the Flag Smashers and their terrorist organization. So, like, it really felt unfulfilled to me. Um, I think there's a lot of potential. Well, there was potential. She's dead. Uh, but yeah. I, I think it was squandered for me. At the same time, I'm like, I like that you like it. I feel like you got something good from it. But Yeah, it's it definitely hit a little different. Not a lot different, because I also agree to an extent. I would have felt bad if the show had just pure villainized her from that point forward. And I did like yeah. that even after going a certain line, both the show and and Sam, like the, the character, did try to say like, oh no, we can still bring you back. You can still like, you know, stop doing this. You cross the line, but it's not about like, oh no, there she's pure evil now and there's no redeeming. It worked well enough for me. I don't want to sit here and say like, I'm condoning violence and all this other stuff. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I... Um, I get that you you don't you don't go you don't go on podcasts admitting that, but I, I know you truly do. <laughs> I think I think the the yeah the guy Walker killed was probably the one Sam should have been talking to, because it didn't seem like any of the rest of the people were 
really with her on the violence thing. Yeah. Like when she blew up the building, like everybody was like, What did you why'd you do that for? Like they the rest of her little group weren't I, I guess as radicalized, I guess is the word. Yeah. So he could have if he had talked to any of the especially that the the one that got killed, which I think was kind of the point of, you know, one of the other things about why it was so bad. He killed like yeah. their one in. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think they were I think they were more like nobody I don't think any of them were really up for like killing And think of how awesome the story could have been if they had enough time real estate episodes. Yeah. If they explored whether the super soldier serum is the thing that maybe or the you know, the pursuit of power, because it's like an allegory for it, is it one of the things that violent. corrupted them and made them like Kylie wasn't ever going ah, to be this person yeah. until this imperfect serum on an imperfect person as we all are, except for maybe Steve and whoever's worthy enough to carry the hammer, you know, like these weird, weird human exceptions. That would be an awesome thing to explore because then you, and you almost get it with Walker where like you, you kind of consider whether the horrible things he does is like, is this even in his hand, but it's sort of in his hand to have put it in his hand in the first place. Like if he didn't yeah. take the drug, he wouldn't have had, you know, all of this is really interesting and worth exploring. But they didn't have enough real estate to do it, which I'm fine with. I know there are B-plot villains. I'm very hesitant about it being refugees because uh, it is very easy to be like, hey, I feel bad for X real world refugees. But, you know, amongst them, there's always going to be a poison thing and you never want it to like that that's a slippery slope to me and i don't i think this series plays too much i don't know because i never saw them as villains they were the morally gray obstacle in the way i never saw them as like the actual bad guys of the of the series so and i know you i get that and that's cool but like it's interesting that my wife and i from our cultural perspective immediately saw it so we immediately thought Oh, she's being played as a terrorist. Why did she heel turn? This is ridiculous. Why did she go so hardcore on we got to kill everyone? And we saw it clear as day. And you're telling me that you don't see it. And I'm not saying that this is like a this is definitely a race thing. But hey, maybe. Yeah. And and that's really what makes sense. It's it's just walking in with a different mentality or like walking without the experience of it. You know, you could say like better representation of the idea as opposed to someone who just blows up a building with people tied up in it. And that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and this is very complex, and it's one of the things that I think is great about the show. And I also think that a lot of the fa- failings on this will be tied down to to how rushed things were, which, I mean, we could even talk about it at yeah. any point, whatever you want. I would also say, like, uh, one of the flaws, I think, that does hit, and unfortunately with the Carly uh, story plot, is the fact they wanted to leave the character reveal for the power broker till like the tail end of the series. And I feel like if we had just found out Sharon was the power broker in her, like not the characters found out, but if the audience had found out that she was the power broker in like her introductory episode, there could have been a lot more dialogue or pressure or any character building as Sharon versus Carly in this story to like, have because she, she's the one who kills her is Sharon. Yeah. Like Sharon's real to really be the the big antagonist of of the show to an extent, so it it really feels like man, if you had just given these two like genuine female characters any amount of time to play off of each other or build right. anything up to that like confrontation, so it would have any context or any weight, and to sacrifice all of that for a reveal that 
everyone saw coming a mile away, I feel like that was just such a waste. Yeah, and imagine what it would have been for like the commentary on um, American colonialism's role in terrorism across the world. Yeah, right. To that, essentially sort of create that 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 thing it, all on its own. It's just pressure yeah, from the power broker is what's making her do these things, and that's sort of in the text, but. Because I actually thought the power broker might be a hyper intelligent ape. John can talk about that <laughs> later on in a podcast, in a Patreon exclusive. We li- I literally had this conversation with him, and he said, "Apes are for DC." <laughs> uh, it, um, that, yeah, that literally happened. Yeah, yeah, and I think I was right. No, you did. Well, I don't think Sharon is is a hyper intelligent ape, but we well, never Giganta know. Giganta is. Mm. We're all hyper intelligent. I only found that out recently that that uh, Giganta from DC was actually an ape. And are I'm you like, kidding me? No. Are you? Mm. No way. No, she she was an ape that they turned into a person. Oh my god! I'm so mad that you said that to me. I'm actually like really upset. You should not be. It's DC. They I, they have a mad on for gorillas. I love. I that. noticed that that this actually reset everything, so we could talk about the next topic uh, yeah. because that was so desperately needed. <laughs> uh, any other characters that we want to bring up? I was gonna uh, yeah. talk about John Walker real quick. Oh yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, we no. treated John Walker the way the series did. <laughs> the yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. So just just bear with me and hear me out. And if you want to interject, by all means. Okay. So I did not like John Walker. He was a very <laughs> conflicting character. Controversial opinions. Y'all. I know controversial opinions. And I've like, never seen a character have such an uphill battle before he was ever even introduced. I know. <laughs> the thing was, I felt like, hear me out here. Just, Lord, just hear me out. Yeah. I felt like he was a personification, and I'm 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 stretching here, of uh, the people who are young white men who want to be heard and were conflicted with, you know, being the center of attention in said show. Cause lately we've had more, uh, again, just, we've had more diversity in shows lately all across the board. This is how I'm seeing it. I, I'm not saying that this is a hundred percent true, but his character was very, <sighs> Right from the get-go, he had a presence of, I don't really like you. You're not going to represent Captain America the way that he, you're supposed to. Captain America's milk and cookies. Oh, my gosh. Let me wave to every neighbor. There's a penny on the floor. He'll shine it, put it in his pocket, and skip and pick flowers. Well, not really pick flowers, <laughs> but you know what I mean. That That's how I see him. And, like, I want to sit on his shoulders and take a picture. Uh, John Walker, I'm like, yo, dude, why are you angry, though? Why are you angry, you know? Like, I felt like I have to be the center of attention. This is about me. I have to be Captain America. And I know he was trying to fill in big shoes. Because, like, think about being someone so grand. Like, like not not the president, but, like, a lot of our fictional characters that we... He's an icon. He's a representation of the He's super perfect that not even the drug that will make you into an evil Red Skull person would make him into an evil Red Skull person. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You get it. So what I'm trying to get out of here is just like, I felt like they were sub- not subconsciously, but just putting the point that some people will see John Walker as offensive as, Oh my God. Now they're saying that white people are bad and, and that we can't be the heroes anymore because 
I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've been to conventions where other younger white men would say stuff like this to me. Oh, and, yeah. and I'm a young black woman and I would tell them like, no, none of that is going to happen ever. And you shouldn't be afraid of, you know, having conflicting or different characters and diversity in shows because just because someone writes something one way doesn't mean that it's going to come out the same way you would write it something like that. But right. so when he killed, um, I forgot the character's name. And one of the flag it. smashers. Okay. Yeah, so when he, uh, my point exactly. One of the flag sla slasher smashers. I did recognize him. I, I don't think he was just like a nobody. I just don't remember his name. He yeah. had lines. He had a personality. Mm -hmm. You keep saying. Well, that. he got his. He well, he lived up to his name. Flag smasher, head smasher. Anyway, yeah. uh, no, sorry. That's where you know his military side came in. His friend, his partner was you know like most military people have partners. And my brother was in the military. He told me stories about when they were in Iraq, um, they had other people from different military branches stay with them. And uh, one of his friends just literally got bombed and he told his friend to get down and PTSD just rain, ran, uh, rained down upon him. And I saw that within John Walker. I, I, I didn't feel like he was a stable uh, person. I mean, military people need in my opinion, real life and in movies, better mental health. They need to be taken care of better. And I know this is a fictional thing, and I, but I, that could have been the really, subplot to this entire yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And yeah, yeah, that could have been the the beeline for the entire series about you need to go to therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I have a fr I have a friend who's a comedian, but he's also a um, army veteran, and he was like, "This got me in a place I didn't know was there." Yeah, and um, yeah, and I saw I watched this other video from a from a female veteran, and she's like, "There are guy, there are John Walkers all over the military, and yeah. the problem, and they're very unstable, and the problem is nobody ever tells them no." My thing with John Walker is I expected to hate him way more. Yeah, that's my take on and it. I, and it's a weird feeling to not hate someone as much as you want to. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know if I don't hate him as much. It's weird. Uh, I don't know if I don't hate him as much, but like I do like there's something sad about the I am what you made me. Yeah, like, yeah, that, yeah I, agree. I agree. I yeah. agree. So and, good. And it's a wonderful line. So I think like Steve Rogers is the idealization of an American military person. From and the 40s. It was, a glorified. Well, just, yeah, sure. But it's a, it is an idealization, which maybe never was real, but it's definitely, an uh, you know, this icon. And John Walker is the, I don't even want to say the reality because I don't want to insult people who are veterans. No. Like it is another yeah. take on it. It is another uh, uh, way of looking at a military person and it, it may be a, a little bit more realistic a more nuanced way of looking at it and he does talk about like you're like oh you got those gold stars like yeah for the you know the worst day of my life like the things that we did over there like i'm not proud of them but like everyone keeps celebrating it that's and, why and, that's why i don't see that's why i can't hate him as much because he wasn't just like yeah they 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 were animals and i slaughtered them like animals so he's he like, definitely wasn't a cartoon version of the villainous soldier yeah which is yeah. there to, he to, wasn't a good to, guy Let's not sit here and like you know say that, but like that doesn't mean he wasn't still a character, and right. that there wasn't still motivations or layers to who he was, and that like you know there wasn't reasons why he did the things that he did, and, and like I feel like that's that made him really fun to watch 
mm-hmm. and like really enjoyable. That doesn't mean that we sit here and say like, oh, well, John Walker's not a bad guy. It's like, well, hold on. <laughs> well, all I was thinking throughout it was like, I've met men like him before. I've yeah. I've felt their, you know, their anguish, but this is the type of person that I would talk to in real life and then they would get mad at me and I'd be like, okay, you know, I'm not here to challenge you. And this is the type of person that I'd be like, look, we need to get you some mental health, man. I'm like, I'm I'm too empathetic towards him, but I still don't like him as a character. Um, I'm not saying that I despise him. He is a great plot device and I can't wait to see him in the, the next chapter because you made, you said the key word, Nobody says uh, no to people like him. He yeah. was told no, but then he was rewarded with something even better. And that is yeah, so upwards. Yeah, failing upward is the, yeah. yeah. And also, there is a, there is genuine, I think he's complex, sure. But there definitely is an aspect to your point earlier of this is the person who thinks they're entitled to something. And yes, honestly, Sam has given it most, like he has been the like, good soldier he's done what he has to do he he he's humble he doesn't think he deserves the shield he surrenders the shield to a museum and is betrayed on every level (laughs) afterwards afterwards. and this guy i'll give you he has some doubts but the world around him says don't have any doubts which almost makes it more tragic because it's if he was just like a 80s like uh, ski lodge villain like he was just like <laughs> uh, my dad owns a dealership and like he's just really ha- proud of himself and really self-assured then his fall would be meaningless but the fact that he has all this doubt and it, the world around him says no don't you're perfect <laughs> and as far as sub, uh, I think Jen also said something about like it being subconscious or like uh, that, that they're trying to make you kind of not like this character soup like they did a wonderful job look at his intro picture there's that every viral so he's fast. a handsome man right yep. the actor is good looking he's fine like there's he is not the monster that showed up <laughs> in the captain <laughs> america thing where his oh. head looked all weird shaped and like it was gobbly. weird it, when- costume design was fantastic to I make him look like a really villain. long article about the um the contrast between the u.s agent costume and the, the yeah the captain america costume mm-hmm. i saw now, a tweet store a tweet twitter, twitter yeah. thread yeah and now go. there's like the 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 u.s agent one is black he's like oh it's black um but yeah like kurt, his, he's not kurt russell which is the fact that he's he basically copy and pasted jeans from his dad like he looks just like him like i would i think i would have figured it out Late, like, but in like the third episode, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Kurt Russell's son. Like, is it Kurt Russell's son? Yes, oh. yes. Think when oh, you yeah, look, right. the next time you look at him, you'll see it very clearly. Mm. Wait, I thought he was um, who's he's bitch? Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. Yeah, Goldie Hawn. I'm sorry, Some that's what I meant. Said he looks like both of them, but like he, like he has the the chin is there. Does this mean we're gonna get Goldie Hawn in an upcoming Marvel project? Please say so. Yes, yes. please. I hope she's gonna play Adam Warlock. Well, they do like bringing back uh, older character yeah. actors. I mean. Uh, don't you dare call her older or character or act. <laughs> uh, well, what did what did you call? Um, who was the wasp? Not the old wasp. The Michelle Michelle. Pfeiffer. It was Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, yes. they had Michelle Pfeiffer. They had. Uh, I'm bad with names too, but Hank yeah. Pym. 
Yeah, all right. We're just going to move off of this. No, so I'm, yeah. not, so I'm saying yeah. Goldie Hawn is it's in that, possible that and range Adam of character. Um, no. So I, I said it twice. If I say it three one more time, it happens. There's one, there's one more. Adam um, so now I'm wondering, like, a lot of people have been speculating about Young Avengers because a lot happen. of the... Not a lot, but like half the cast has already been intro- is already somewhere in the MCU, mm-hmm. and Miss Marvel is coming up at some point, right? And Miles, oh, and Hulk, and the She Hulk, She Hulk isn't young, but uh, Wiccan. Oh, wait, and- sorry, you were saying the young Wiccan. Excuse me, Wiccan Speed. Yeah, um, Isaiah Bradley's so, nephew. Such is- a deep cut. Isaiah Bradley's nephew is one of them. Isn't um the guy who was helping Falcon in this helping Sam the that yeah, Isaiah's nephew is, is Patriot, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's not no. I mean, oh, you mean in the um, military? I oh, oh, yeah, the guy who's helping Sam in the military becomes yeah. Falcon. Yeah, who, yeah, who I just met him. But if anything happens to him, I will kill everyone in this room and myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that <laughs> like, character. He was immediately beloved, adopted by all the internet. <laughs> Uh, we're getting a little uh, off topic here, but yeah, a I don't bit, think yeah. I don't think Young Avengers is going to happen because until after Mouth of Mouth of Madness, no, the multiverse, multiverse of madness. Uh, because... We could have West Coast Avengers. Listen, <laughs> if I can't have if I can't have Goldie Hawn, Adam Warlock, I, I can't you can't have, West, have Coast West Coast Avengers. I want. But, but that. I actually have a a small like sort of grievel that I want to bring up about the character because about but going back to, to, to I was going to say Frank Walker, John Walker. <laughs> Yeah, going back to J- John Walker for a hot second, I do have a minor greeble with the character, which is, I feel like there's a lot of uh, portraying of the character, and Frank, I think, even used it at one point when he's building the shield in his basement. <laughs> so it's like allusions to the Unabomber and kind of yeah. like a man that's like, sort of slightly unhinged. Uh, when he finally does show up in the finale, he sort of gets a, a very heroic moment, or eh, kind of heroic moment. The show frames him as kind of like, oh, he's, he's doing some good stuff. And it's like... Yeah. I don't know if I quite liked it, but at the same time, like I accepted this character has a lapse in good gu- in good judgment, for lack of a better term, uh-huh. um, and that makes sense. But it also feels like, come on, man! Like this guy genuinely killed a dude, like unarmed, pleading for his life, and uh, like everyone saw. Yeah. It I think the show is like, conflicted about him. I think the show is conflicted about him, but I think first of all, I say the most unbelievable part of that show. I think is that uh, the U.S. government already cared that one of their agents killed a person on camera. Yeah. Um, there was also because in the first episode you said that about them respecting uh, airspace. Oh, the f- yeah, the, the whole <laughs> of them flying into. They're like, we no. can't go into that country. It's not. It's, it's not our airspace. Like, no, American. Very Iron <laughs> Eagle. Like that was something <laughs> they worried about. It like Top Gun, like airspace in Libya. And- I I watched so much of this with a jaded kind of. This is not. <laughs> this is not the way it would work. But anyways, but I think what people were expecting of John Walker was to him to be full out MAGA of. Rage racist and yeah yeah, that's why yeah. I don't, and i was like this isn't what i was promised this guy isn't as hateable he i think nearly as hateable up, as in, up until his cosplay scene where he's building his shield <laughs> and everybody dragged him for a week yeah. and that thing's gonna fall apart the first time you throw it i, 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 I assume some good memes. mostly cosplayers were outraged 
by this. Uh, but other than that, in the last episode is where I think they really lost the thread on him. And I think that's what Al was saying earlier. It's because at that point, it's like, is he redeemed? Kind of not really. It, they just didn't seem to know what to do with him. And I think that the, the, the you know, the 900 pound gorilla in the room that we're not talking about, what, where, why the show feels rushed towards the end, why the Walker line kind of just sort of trails off can into I, nothing. Can I get one more thing in about him? Sure. That? Yeah, so I was talking about like his, expecting him to be a MAGA racist. His whole support system was black. Yeah, it was. And I've been it thinking was. about that for a while. Like, was Lamar like a magic, magical Negro? Yeah. And I'm like, mm, no, nah, he's think the two. So. He was just his friend. Like, yeah. I don't even think he was a sidekick. I, I, think, like, it's, he I got, think it's realistic. I mean, like, you know, he's in the military, I think. Yeah, most of the military are, are minorities. Yeah, but, like, his whole support, like, his black wife. And he ne- that was the most unrealistic part. He never brought up his black wife. <laughs> <laughs> because a white man who has a, a wife of another race brings it, especially Asian, they bring it up within the first two sentences of meeting. Yes, they her. do. Yes, well, they my, do. as me and my black wife would say, uh-huh. like, he never brought it up. That was completely unrealistic. Interesting. But wrong, though, like, that's something that seems very integral, like, or like intentional in the uh, in the production is like, how, you know, who keeps lifting him up? Like, the, his school that he comes from, his partner, and everything else. You know, it's, it's yeah, I think going into the show, do and it's yeah. like I don't know if that's a. Is that a message? Is that trying to say something or is it just a thing? I don't, I think it's just, I think there's things happen. I think going into the show, you might think, well, they're definitely going to make, if the question is whether a black man can be Captain America and the, maybe the foil in this is the white Captain America that people chose instead, even though, or not people, but the government chose instead, even though he doesn't seem uh, like the right fit. You'd think that racism is the motivation of the white character of Walker, and it wasn't. And I think they pretty er- much early on s- kind of didn't build that out. No, and no I don't think no, I don't think never to, at any point did it. Yeah, so like I, I I think I'm I glad think, it didn't. Yeah, and I, I think it was a good choice because instead they chose to use Walker for all the things we already discussed about him, about yeah. how mm-hmm. uh, as a uh, person in the military and someone who who thinks they may deserve something. I don't think he thinks he deserves it more because he's white, but I think uh, he definitely has an entitled entitlement. Yeah, he's, um, for lack of a better term, I think he's a victim of his privilege. And not, not to not to use a buzzword, but like I think yeah. that that's where a lot of that comes from and what, what he sort of may or may not like be in, in the story. I think well, when, some of it, yeah, all, maybe. When you always get what you want, you think that, you know, the minute somebody says no and it's a diplomatic no and it's a reasonable no, they think that, oh, my God, everything's getting taken away from me. Everything. This is outrageous. They like they can't right. handle it. So it's just that's just such a common thing. Uh. Yeah. And I want to also acknowledge that he doesn't always get what he wants, even early on. Like, it doesn't seem like he really wants to be like he doesn't want the awards that are it hanging off like his chest. He wanted it. But he kind of does. Mm-hmm. It's it's a weird, nuanced place. It's it's one of the reasons why you have such difficulty describing to some people what privilege is. Like, if they personally yeah. grew up poor, and you're like, well, because of privilege, you have a problem seeing X, Y, or Z, they can't imagine, like, I, hey, I was not a privileged person. I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. But that's not what you're talking about. It's really just mm-hmm. about perspectives, and he's not going to be able to see that perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's really complex, just like it is in the real world. And it's amazing this was six episodes. But like I was saying, that's that last episode, that sixth episode, the the 900-pound the girl in the room, why everything feels so rushed. 
I think we have to address it. And I think it was COVID-19. I think COVID-19 shut down production on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I think they had to do a lot of rushes. We know some of this happened in WandaVision. Where like the reason why Cat, I guess spoilers for WandaVision. I want to call it out. Uh, It's a very minor spoiler. And I'll only talk about it for a second. Just in case people haven't watched that series yet. Uh, But uh, Cat Dennings doesn't show up in the last episode very much. But for one thing, because they couldn't get her back. Because of travel restrictions. So a lot of the things that happened, a lot of locations, like Mandrapore was awesome. The fact that they introduced it into into Marvel Cinematic Universe, awesome. But that last scene was like this dingy, last episode was like in anywhere America. It could have been in any city, just like it was in Atlanta and some on some street where they closed for a day. It It was was definitely Atlanta, but I think they did a good job of making it look like New York with the scaffolding. The scaffolding because really that is the, that the that is together. the most New York staple more than anything is scaffolding. Yeah. And I I don't have a hell of a lot of insult in what maybe was left, but I know there were rewrites. And I think why Sam has kind of like this weak ass little hey maybe we shouldn't be pushing refugees away around. Why did you ever think about what other people are feeling? And I'm using the worst Sam voice I can muster because it really <laughs> just like I. I I got that he was giving a good speech. I'm like, all right, but I didn't think it was that great. Like it wasn't it wasn't the delivery. It was it was just the whole moment seemed awkward. Well, that was his Captain America moment. I think it was the most important thing is you have to talk and people listen. Because even Rocket was like he's cynical ass Rocket was like listening. To, yeah, he's he's pretty good at that. Like, <laughs> I think the difference, and this may just be come down to opinion. I did not think Sam's speech. I think I wish he had a better speech, or maybe this is actually down to the blip. Maybe the whole like the politics of the blip, like I was saying, and the and what the refugees were going through. Like I did never had a good grasp on it. So hearing this one guy on TV who was admittedly dressed in a fly Wakandan Captain American Falcon suit uh, saying, hey, have you ever thought about not being jerks? And I'm like, they're oh, like, that's we great. No, like, we, we did have it. it. We did it. We're senators. <laughs> you know, it, I don't even have a full name. I just have Senator Bad Guy. That's what, that's what they told me when I came into this To morning. be fair, a lot of the senators are new because most of the old ones were Hydra. there's been a lot of turnover (laughs) i love it uh it just sounds like you're talking about the u.s senate in general (laughs) yeah um yeah no i so yeah i i but like i didn't temper it for me the sixth episode i like i looked at it and i was like sam you gave a great captain america speech even though i didn't really like it too much but like I feel like that I can't blame you for we had to do this on a on a on a budget in a short amount of time because of COVID nineteen. Oh, real quick, this is how I felt about the speech. Uh, again, going back to TGIF Fridays, if it had that music, you know that <laughs> that piano music, like da 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 da. Well, you see, folks, racism is wrong. And you guys shouldn't be mean to each other. You know, something like that. I would have lost my mind if they just, if Sam turns to the camera, just, or, or, even just Anthony Mackie, like he, uh, out of costumes, like we've had a lot of fun, but let's talk about something that isn't fun: racism in America. And he just looked that would have been perfect. Well, I heard that the the party at the end was like the, it was actually like a cast party, and they just filmed it and made it part of the show. 
Oh, that's cute. Oh my gosh, it's adorable and ridiculous. It was like the it was like the 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 wrap oh, up. It oh, was like oh, the wrap up party for the series. That's too perfect. I can't <laughs> imagine that being true. Plus, there were not enough uh, John Pope esque people in the background. Deep cut for non pro listeners who are oh. like production assistants or sitting there eating shrimp, Looking going haggard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'll carry all that equipment back to the car. No problem. Like it didn't look like a. Maybe a cast party, not a crew party. But he, again, he was the only white guy there. Bucky is. <laughs> Yo, Bucky's he, the. He definitely the... put that. When I saw him, when he, when he was like, this is my sister, Sarah. He was like, hey, boo, hey. And I was like, oh, he, picked, he picked up some preferences in Wakanda, definitely. Yes. He's he's going to learn how to do the electric. He's going to be the only one to know how to do the electric slide at the next wedding. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Cupid Shuffle. Yeah, man, he, he's gonna be the only one. I'm sorry. Okay, I didn't mean to bring this up, but have you ever been to a wedding and you're like the only black person there and yes. nobody knows how to do the Cupid show? Yup. <laughs> it's a thing. My unfortunate lot in life to be the black friend. I mm. am too. Oh my gosh. If it helps, John, I don't consider you a friend. If it helps, any, I don't consider you black. <laughs> I was so close. You're never gonna get a better end. You're never gonna get a better end for this episode. (laughs) All right. With that, I'd like to thank everybody for showing up and coming out to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, an amazing show on Disney Plus. Like, if you like what we had to say and you want to hear more about it, please go to non-productive.com or join us on the fan club at facebook.com/slash nonpro. Uh, we'll see you there. You want to see anything that has to do with John Minus? John, where can they find your stuff? Uh, on Twitter, mostly. Um, yeah. My my uh, username is at Don Coyote. You do this professionally. Why are you so bad at plugging? Because I'm not very professional. Oh, all right. Hey, non-professional. That's not the site. There we go. C-O-I-O-T-E. At Don Coyote on Twitter. Yes. And Jen, if we wanted to follow your career, where would we go? Well, uh, you could just go to Jen with two N's, Dupree with two E's, VO.com. And you can listen to my demos, my professional commercial demos. I've done over 230 jobs. And uh, just let me know if you want a cartoon character or a commercial if you're interested. This also sounds vaguely like a cult of violence. I've done many (laughs) jobs. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Wink, wink, murder. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. 